Hello and welcome to the Sanames 4 SDG podcast series. I'm your host Divya Sahani. At Sanames 4 we strongly support the march towards achieving the SDGs by 2030. Given our close working relationships with the government, corporates, not-for-profits and universities over the last decade, we recognize that they can serve as critical agents to achieving the SDGs, especially within India. This podcast is an endeavor to bring together the great minds that are contributing to the global march in their own unique way. past decade india has become home to one of the most mature philanthropy sectors globally this week we will try to uncover exactly where does india inc spend its csr money i'm delighted to introduce our guest for the week sanames for's very own abhinav sood head of client relations and international projects abhinav has close to 12 years of experience in financial consulting mna advisory tax and regulatory consulting and compliance management at sanames 4 he provides expert advisory and support services to international clients entering and expanding into globally dynamic markets abhinav thank you for joining us for the second episode of the sanames 4 sdg podcast series thank you for having me so abhinav the philanthropic landscape in india has considerably grown during the past 10 years um from 12500 crore in 2010 to 55000 crore in 2018 with this increase in overall csr contributions are we also witnessing a corresponding expansion of interest in the areas where csr is being allocated by the corporate sector firstly csr as a sort of subject is almost about 6 to 7 years old now so we have to look at the sort of mandatory corporate social responsibility of uh, companies in india from that 6 to 7 year lens uh when when csr started in 2014 the spend was largely aligned to marketing activities and volunteerism and so when the csr law actually came into play the companies were sort of forced to rethink as to how they are spending their pool of uh, funds every year towards the, the new rules that were created at that time mm-hmm. and then over the year government clarifications coming in policies and push by the government to corporates towards having more meaningful csr the trend started changing it's still a very short period of time to assess how this trend has changed over the years but now for example with you know a lot of recent clarifications coming on how uh, corporate social responsibility needs to be aligned with sdgs more focus on research activities you know companies are slowly and steadily aligning towards you know a lot of meaningful csr projects that they are doing on a year by year basis but to maybe look at your question in more details i think we need to understand you know what the statistics are absolutely largely. i mean in terms of the statistics what what are the areas that you're seeing that are receiving you know a lot of attention from the corporate sector about 2/3 of the funds uh, that are spent every year by companies towards csr go towards education and health now these are large buckets within education you have you know education for differently able livelihood and skills and within health you have public health hunger poverty and malnutrition safe drinking water sanitation so there are a lot of sub themes going as well but largely if you see of the 1.5 billion to 2 billion us dollars of csr spends that happens every year since the last 5 years this is where the money goes and then the rest uh, one third is spent towards you know rural development largely or 
art and culture, gender equality, animal welfare, environment and resources, sports as well. A very small percentage goes to sports too. These are these are where you know the CSR focus is. If you look at historical trends, the CSR spend increases by about twelve percent every year. If you look at a five-year compounded annual growth rate, that means that almost nine to ten billion dollars have been generated in the last five years, and about two-third of that has gone towards education and health. So that's a huge chunk of money that is that is being focused towards these particular activities. If you do a comparative uh, analysis, you find that. The last four years, the the CSR spend was more than, you know, the finance minister's education budget last year, uh, or the annual spend is more than say what India spends on the entire Clean India mission. So there are these are wow. huge chunk of money that you're looking at, and uh, uh, these are where you know CSR is being allocated. Very interesting. Those are the two major areas where there's you know the most focus spending, and. Just a follow-up question that, that, you know, many a times you and I have previously discussed about CSR contributions and where are companies really focusing their efforts. And one point that you have consistently raised is that despite this kind of annual increase we're seeing in overall CSR contributions, a large part of that CSR budget actually goes unspent every year, with around roughly 15%, I believe, going unspent in the year 2018. What are some of the causes behind this? And has the Ministry of Corporate Affairs taken measures to reduce this stock amount? If you again look at the trends, you see that the companies who are mandated to follow CSR are increasing every year. It started from, say, about fifty to 16,000 companies in 2015, and we're more than about 25, close to about 25,000 companies now. So the number of companies who are complying with CSR are increasing, but the trend also suggests that you know the number of companies actually complying with CSR was very, very low previously. In the first three or four years of CSR law, the compliance percentage was only about 50 to 60%. And the amount of funds that were unspent uh, every year was roughly about 28 to 30% of the actual CSR budget. Now, that trend has reduced. Of course, the number of unspent funds over year has declined to say about 15% now, which is still a very, very high number, but mm-hmm. it has declined from a much higher figure earlier. And the compliances that the companies are doing against CSR has increased from say 50 to 60% earlier to about 90 to 100% now. This is because one, the government is increasingly introducing provisions, amendments in law that are pushing companies to comply. If you look at, you know, some rules that were circulated last year as suggestions, you know, there was even talk of criminal penalties. Yes, I saw that. And and I believe the latest update on that is that that has not gone through slash not received. Yeah. Exactly. So that's just one example. But there are so many others where the government is asking more and more disclosures, more and more reporting uh, from organizations to make sure that they have complied with CSR. Mm-hmm. But there is still a very large percentage. If you look at 15% of $2 billion a year, that's a huge sum of money that right. goes unspent. Again, the government, many organizations, including us, when we do a lot of statistical analysis, we try and identify what those reasons are. Mm-hmm. You find that you know many organizations say that they have you know lack of expertise in implementing projects. They do not have the best partners to work with. They do not have a good understanding of how this project needs to be mapped out. There's a lot of lack of impact assessment and measurement uh, mechanisms. There's lack of technology as well going through all these CSR projects. So these are a few of the many reasons that 
corporates identify, but largely these are the highest number of uh, reasons that respondents have come through to various surveys conducted that why uh, CSR is not spent fully every year. Right. And just thinking out loud in terms of what other kind of stakeholders may be appropriate to tap into these unspent CSR amounts, an automatic group that comes to my mind is international universities. As you know, the government has requested corporates to look at aligning their CSR activity with SDG activity. And we've been seeing a lot of international universities collaborating with local institutions as well as corporates on SDG-related topics. Um, and I'm just wondering, to what extent could they actually tap into CSR funds, both for research-related projects as well as education delivery activities in country? There's a huge opportunity, definitely, uh, Divya. If you look at very recently, again, the laws were changed wherein research activities with, you know, designated Indian universities were started to be allowed under uh, CSR as a as a theme. But even besides that, a lot of international universities, international nonprofits can definitely look at this sector as a huge opportunity for them to do all the activities and all the research that they have built over the years uh, and implement them in India for the greater good of Indian society, which is what CSR is all about. Whether it's the areas of education, whether it's, whether it's areas of health, rural development, you know, designated schools of these international universities, as well as focused NGOs uh, who, are, who are sort of aligned with these kind of objectives can definitely come into India, uh, partner with corporates. And corporates have also very aptly highlighted that they need, you know, partners with international repute, with more expertise than than what is available in uh, in the country to help build capacity, help build uh, a lot of, um, you know, impact and measurement assessments, and also a lot of technology that these universities can also bring in through their research activities. So while there is an opportunity to tap into the unspent pool, there is also a lot of opportunity to improve how existing projects are also being implemented on the ground. I have a, I am sorry, I, I, I really do want to like, uh, ask a follow-up question. I mean, the opportunity of, obviously, it seems apparent and it exists. And on the corporate side, there is a lot of demand. But there are also a couple of practical issues limiting this participation of international universities. And the only reason I raise this point is because, you know, we've spoken about this in so much detail. So if you were to just quickly list down maybe four or five points as to what actually, you know, disables this to take place currently, I think that'll be really insightful for our listeners. It's not so much of a disabler, but these are just some areas and things that you need to, that any organization needs to think about when it wants to tap into this sector. First and foremost, you need to be in India physically, mm -hmm. legally, you need to incorporate, you need to have a local structure uh, to be able to enable a lot of hiring of people here, enabling partnerships and also to receive CSR funds. So there are a lot of metrics that come into play when you have to locally sort of set up a base. You have to tackle, you know, regulations such as FCRA, which everybody knows is a very difficult regulation to comply with. You have to follow tax regimes and, and seek exemptions from uh, corporate income tax or look at GST implications, uh, as well as do a lot of on-ground activity in terms of your reporting, compliance, as, as you would do in any other country when you're scaling up a local structure. So in India, the not-for-profit sector for you know foreign participants is a bit diverse and dynamic because the rules keep changing, regulations keep changing, governments also view these regulations in a different way. And so you need to be cognizant of how 
these structures need to be played out in country, do a lot of planning, and then go ahead and implement them. But once you do, once you're able to have that structure in place, uh, we've seen so many you know success stories coming forward where international universities, international NGOs have aptly been able to tap into large and small CSR projects in India mm-hmm. and are working either through local partners or through their own uh, capabilities and intellectual property and stuff that they built in-house. And just out of curiosity, and maybe you could keep the name anonymized, but what is maybe like a really good success story that you've heard of potentially an international stakeholder coming in, tapping into CSR funds and doing some great you know, development-related activity on the ground in India? Many international universities, international NGOs have partnered up with the likes of, say, Tata. Each of those companies have aligned themselves to in terms of implementing those projects or conducting research. And also in partnership with, say, uh, local Indian universities, Indian research houses, Indian NGOs as well. So there's a lot of activity happening. There are a lot of uh, small and large success stories going on. Fantastic. Well, that's good to know. And I hope that, you know, the trend keeps on going as it is. Um, Coming back to some of the recent updates that have, you know, taken place in this space. um, Last month, I believe the Ministry of Corporate Affairs issued a circular inviting public comments on the company's amendment rules 2020. Um, We've seen a lot of chatter about this because SunMS4 as a firm, we're plugged into various trade associations and they send in recommendations to the ministry directly. So I'm very curious, what are some of these key amendments being proposed? And do you expect a considerable shift in India's CS activity if they are eventually enacted? There's definitely going to be a shift in how CSR is being spent because if you look at the draft and mind you, these are just draft regulations uh, that have been introduced by the government. I mean, it's going to be a while before they become actual proposals and then actually enacted as law. Mm -hmm. But largely the draft rules that have been compliant improve and enhance a lot of the compliance requirements which are already in place in a very robust fashion but add a lot more depth into how companies need to report their CSR activities. They're also asking partners to be registered with the Ministry of Corporate Affairs uh, through an e-form CSR1. And they've also made changes to track record of partnering NGOs and partnering non-for-profit institutions. They've made changes to the definition wherein any activities that are undertaken outside India or activities where the beneficiaries themselves are more than uh, 25% more our employees will not be permitted. So there are so many changes that are coming through. I don't want to get into sort of the details today, but again, universities, international universities uh, and non-profit institutions need to be sort of understanding these, these regulations clearly, as well as companies who need to ensure that all their projects going forward are aligned towards these new laws. So there's definitely going to be a shift in how CSR projects are being reported. Mm-hmm. And do you think that this kind of corresponds to the second question that we asked in terms of most of that CSR budget actually gets spent in the correct manner and with perhaps the best possible partners on the ground? Yes, absolutely. I think one of the things that that has been identified, not just in these draft regulations, but earlier versions as well, uh, was that, you know, you have to create an unspent corporate social responsibility account. So whatever Mm -hmm. funds that you are not able to spend, you will have to transfer to these funds. And there is a time limit by which you can you can utilize these funds after which they need to be transferred back to the government. So right. there are Is so that many time limit three years, I believe. Yes, that's three years. So uh, mm-hmm. and three years from the date of transfer into that fund. So uh, 
so there are so many uh, mechanics and so many provisions being put in place by the government to ensure that you know whatever is being asked of them in terms of their corporate social responsibilities are actually being undertaken on the ground and they are undertaken in a meaningful way they are reported in a meaningful way as well so that uh, the government as well as other key stakeholders can map those projects out effectively and also evaluate impact going forward but it's also putting a lot more focus on companies to make sure that they comply with uh, what the law requires and my final question for you um in today's podcast is actually linking what we are witnessing today um last month the mca announced that any contribution made to the prime minister citizen assistance and relief in emergency situations fund better known as the pm cares fund will qualify as csi expenditure under the companies act 2014 So with this expanded scope of schedule 7 of you know the CSR act do you foresee a shift as to how companies may contribute to activities pertaining to SDG 3 good health and well-being in the future I know this is a sort of an unprecedented situation there but and these are a little early days to see how CSR is going to move in tandem with this pandemic that is engulfing our country not just our country but the entire world but covid-19 is definitely going to be a major focus at least for this the next few months or largely say this financial year running from april 2019 to march 2020 in india uh, for organizations in terms of their csr spends as we are part of all these trade associations and and interacting with companies and institutions uh, on a daily basis we see that a lot of companies have stepped up to the plate they have started aligning their projects towards covid-19 Mm-hmm. health and public health was definitely a large part of where csr was already being focused on but that trend i guess is going to continue to become even more prominent but my personal sort of estimation here is just besides public health besides sanitation besides infectious diseases there's a lot of focus that also needs to be done towards education um art and culture public welfare research uh, so on and so forth so you're not going to see them uh go down substantially as well there's still going to be a lot of focus there so all in all i think companies are going to pick either covid-19 or any other topic which is very close to their heart and then go all out in in terms of making sure that their uh their csr projects are impacting in the best way possible the ministry has also come out with you know clarifications on how um Uh, covid-19 or spend towards covid-19 will count as csr there are so many faqs and questions that they have answered so uh, we could go into sort of depth in understanding how that is being spent but largely the government is also trying to you know push corporates to ensure that you know they they participate in this epidemic that's that's sort of affecting the entire world right now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i i hope so too well thank you so much for your insights your comments your thoughts on this um wishing you the very best of health and uh, hope to see you soon again on the stg podcast series This episode was powered by Manic Pod.